Let's talk about what it really takes to open a brick and mortar. On today's episode of Indie Wine Chats, we are having a conversation with Libby, owner of State of Grace Boutique in Fishers. Libby has a background in marketing, worked 15 years in a corporate industry, and now has a successful boutique in Fishers, Indiana. We are so excited to dive into this episode about the hardship and all that really goes in to opening a brick and mortar. This is such an honest episode, and we are so thankful to Libby for opening her heart with us. Check it out. You're listening to Indie Wine Chats, where every week we are inspiring the dreamers, doers, and fempreneurs. We're your hosts, Steph and Erica, two Indianapolis natives with roots in the fashion and beauty industry. Each week, we work to empower women with big dreams who are balancing motherhood, entrepreneurship, marriage, and so much more, which is where the wine comes in. We've got our favorite vino, and it's time to tune in for this week's episode. Hey, Indie Wine Chatters, welcome back. We are so excited to have Libby on here, owner of State of Grace Boutique in Fishers, Indiana. Really excited to chat with you today, Libby, about small business, the reality of finances, kind of what all that looks like. But first, I would love for you to just share your story and a little bit about who you are, your background, and a little bit about State of Grace as well. Sure, absolutely. Well, first, I just want to say thank you so much. I'm definitely honored to uh, be on here. And I also want to say congratulations to Erica, because I've only been able to congratulate her over social media. <laughs> so congrats. Oh, thank you. Um, thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. Um, yeah, so I, my, I'm Libby, and we opened State of Grace Boutique in September 2017. Um, a little bit about me, I always say first and foremost, I am a wife of almost 14 years to my husband, Jason, and I, we have three beautiful boys. And um, my background really is all in marketing. I went to undergrad and graduate school for marketing, and most of my marketing career was in healthcare. So I actually really love my career. I love marketing. Um, there's so much like psychology behind it. And I really thought that that was kind of my career path, that I would just keep sort of climbing up the corporate ladder, so to speak. And um, I had some really great jobs that I loved. I had um, a couple of really good mentors also. And I guess, I, I think it was maybe a few years ago that I, I kind of had this moment that I realized that I really what didn't want to keep climbing the corporate ladder. I was in a job that I realized there were just some things about, you know, the higher tiny you climb the corporate ladder, the more things you have to deal with. And there are people who are really good at those things. And then for me, I wasn't good at it and I didn't want to be good at it. And that was kind of my realization of, okay, let's take a step back and decide what I want to do. Um, and truthfully, at the beginning of 2017, I had taken a different job. I was happy there and um, sort of going along. And I really didn't know at the beginning of 2017 that I would be opening a boutique later that year. It was not even on my radar. And I always say, you know, God kind of puts things in your life for a reason. I happened to be training at the time because I teach fitness, kind of my, one of my other passions is fitness and health. And I teach fitness classes. And at the time in 2017, I was actually going and training over on the east side of Fishers at Be Present Studio to become um, an instructor there. And I kept driving past our what is now our location. 
And I saw the available sign and I just kept thinking, man, that would be a perfect spot for a women's boutique because years ago, that was my dream. Like my husband once asked me if you could do anything you wanted to do, money was no issue. What would you want to do? And I said, I'd want to open my own business. I'd want it to be a women's boutique. And I had this whole vision and mission in my mind, but I kind of let that go off to the side because at the time we really weren't even close to being financially ready to do something like that. And I just never really envisioned it happening. And so when I kept driving past here, my husband finally said, just check it out. Like, what's the harm? You know, check out, see what the rent is. We had no idea um, what, you know, rent would be in this area or anything that goes along with that. And it just sort of snowballed from there. (laughs) Wow. That's awesome. (laughs) I love that it was like such an unexpected thing. Like you didn't really necessarily have it on your radar. And now here we are, what, little over a year, about a year and a half later. And now you're like fully into it. So good for you because that's exciting and a little like nerve wracking to be on this corporate path and then to like take a jump to do something else. So tell us a little bit. So when, once you decided to do it and kind of got into it, was it what you thought it was going to be or was it harder than you expected? Kind of walk us through. Cause I think sometimes we just kind of see, Oh, I left corporate. Now I'm going to do something creative and fun, which is great. But then sometimes we don't always see all of the hard work, sweat and tears that go into it behind the scenes. Absolutely. And, you know, that's why I was so excited to be on today because I think even I sometimes, when people talk to me about opening the boutique and, and because it wasn't on my radar, because it happened, it really did happen so quickly. Um, a lot of people think that it kind of looks easy, probably way easier than what I've led on. And so I kind of at times feel like, man, I, it's my duty to really, you know, represent a true story of what it's like to own your own business. And I would say it's been so much better than I expected in ways. And it has been so much harder than I expected in other ways. Um, you know, there's, I mean, just to, to start with the financial part of it. I mean, I tell people all the time, I'm like, look, the truth of the matter is my husband and I have been wor- both working in the corporate world for 15 years. And my husband also has his own business. And he started that as a side hustle. I think it was eight years ago. Um, so, we, we had many years of building up, of kind of working our way up, of saving money, of having another additional side income that we were able to start saving. If all of that hadn't, been, hadn't happened, if I didn't have all of that, if my husband didn't have a, a steady income right now, it would not have happened. Because the truth of the matter is when you open or start your own business, um, unless you're doing it as a side hustle, which is 100% okay. But the truth of the matter is if you're doing this full time, you have to kind of go in number one, expecting to invest your own money. Um, you know, I think one of the biggest surprises I had was just the lack of, um, of financial funding available for most small businesses. Um, and number, and you really do, even if you're able to get, if you need a loan and you're able to get something small, you really have to put in some of your own money. Um, and number two, the, I guess you never know if you're going to be profitable right off the bat. And quite frankly, that should not be the expectation. But even when you are profitable right off the bat, that doesn't mean that you're going to be making a lot of money. And I think that's probably two of the biggest things that I hear from people 
is, you know, people want to take a jump and they want to start their own business, but they really need to be able to depend on a certain amount of income to bring home. And I'm just honest with them and usually tell them like, you can't really depend on that your first two years. Um, for us personally, we have big growth goals and wanting to open up additional locations. So at this point, it's really just a, it's a better business model to be reinvesting money, which means you don't get to take out much as a business owner. And I think that's something that's just not talked about a lot, but it's the reality of if you want to start a business and you want to grow it, you can't be in a position that you have to financially depend on a fixed income. I think that this is such an important thing to talk about Libby because so many, you know, I, I love this culture of like, do the thing you want to do and do your passion and live your dream and all of these things. But I also think that there, there has to be some reality behind it, right? Like you, like I'm 26 and I can't not make a certain amount a month because we have loans to pay and we have our mortgage and we have like, we're trying to plan also for our future and adding to our family and so forth. And there are certain things that we're like, okay, does this make sense what we're doing? Or do we need more like stableness and stability? Um, and I think that it's such an important thing to like bring up because people don't think about it. And I think it's so great that we all have these dreams and all the things that we want to do. And that's great. But I also think there has to be a plan in place and you have to look at it from all angles and the finances are a huge, huge part of it. So what advice would you give to somebody who wants to, you know, start their passion as their full-time thing and isn't sure if they're financially ready for that? So a couple of things. Um, Number one is creating a business plan. So we actually were really rushed in having to create our business plan. But my assumption is the majority of like, if you're renting a space or you're going to purchase something, or you even want to get a business loan of any type, my husband and I actually funded the business to start like our startup costs were were completely our own money. Um, But that being said, if you want to try to get a loan and I, and I preface, I, emphasize the word try. Um, If you want to try to get a loan, you're going to have to have a business plan. And it's actually better before you even start thinking about, oh, I want to look at that space and I want to, or I want to consider this. I want to go to the bank tomorrow. Have Have a business plan that you do weeks ahead of time and really drill down into the numbers. And that may mean going and talking to other business owners that are in this, a similar industry um, to kind of get an idea of, okay, what are the expected monthly sales, you know, to start with in your first year. And you really need to put it all down on paper because, and I mean, I'm talking, we did a business plan that even had number of employees. What are their pay rates? What will payroll be? All of your expected expenses. So get that all out. And then I say, um, multiply that by two. Because all of what you think you're putting down for your expected expenses, it's likely going to be much higher than that. And I think that's part of the problem when, you know, they say this high rate of businesses fail in the first year. I think part of the problem is because we don't know and we go and put those numbers down and then we plan like to the T from those numbers. And then when all of a sudden our expenses are higher or we run into something we didn't know we'd run into, um, there are many unexpected bills the first year of business. I will let you know that. Like just, I'm sure it varies depending on the industry, but um, 
make sure that when you are budgeting your startup costs, you multiply that by two. Whatever you think it's going to be, assume it's going to be double that. Make sure you have that money set aside to be able to invest in that. And the other thing is, if you have, okay, I have to make a certain amount each month, include that in your operating expenses, include that into your plan, but also look at your own personal budget and figure out, okay, if I'm not able to make that, can I make this work? And if the answer is no, that doesn't mean you don't get to go after your dream. It just means it's going to look a little different. Maybe you start it as a side hustle. I mean, we talked through, so when I, when we first opened the business, I actually had, um, my best friend was my business partner. She has since left the business, um, for her own personal reasons, but we sat down and really talked through like, should we start it as just an online business? I mean, you know, and we talked about the, the benefits and, you know, how it would benefit, I guess, the negative. And we decided that it was definitely the better way to go to open up a storefront. Um, that being said, I was also in a position financially where I could do that. And five years ago, I was not in a position financially where I could do that. So my decision at that time would have looked way different. So it doesn't mean you can't go after your dream, but you have to be very honest and real because the truth of the matter is no matter how much you love your business, no matter how much work you put into it, if you get to a point where you're like, this is ruining your personal life because of finances, and you'll get to a point where you don't want to do it anymore. Um, not everything is rainbows and sunshines running a business. And if you're putting not only stress on the business, but stress on yourself personally and financially too, it's not going to become, it's not going to be your dream anymore. Yeah. I think that's, that's so important to remember. I think it does sound so exciting on the front end about, you know, we kind of talked about this at, at the as told by us conference and people were asking about college and whether they should go to college or follow their dreams. And I feel like it just depends on the person, but you do have to have a plan. Like, it's so important to go in with a plan and know that your plan probably is going to get changed once you get into starting a business. And I think something too um, is a lot of people think, okay, I'm going to start my own business, which means I'm going to be my own boss and I'm going to make my own schedule and I'm going to do all the things. But I think at the beginning, at least like nobody is going to be as invested or care about your business as much as you are. And so I think you, you are going to have to be prepared to put a lot, of work into it. It's not like you're just going to start this, hire some employees, and you're going to sit back at home and online shop for your business and kind of sit back, you know? So tell me about that because you are in your stores. I mean, we're obviously, Steph and I are both in there. You are in your stores, working your stores. So tell me a little bit, like, are you there multiple days a week? Did you know going into it at the beginning, you are definitely going to be kind of, you know, working the store as well. Tell us a little bit about that. Cause I think some people have some unrealistic, unrealistic expectations of what that looks like too. Yes, absolutely. I'm so glad you brought that up. So, um, at the beginning, uh, my business partner and I were both in here a hundred percent. Well, I shouldn't say 100%. Um, we were in here every day. One of us was here the majority of the day. And a lot of the, so I will tell you a lot of the advice we got, cause we, you know, went to different seminars and listened to webinars when we were getting ready to start. And so I kind of started to freak out because so many people were like, you should not be working the floor as a business owner. And I totally get what they were saying, but because of what our mission and vision was from the very get go, I just thought it was super important that at the beginning, 
we are in here, we are meeting our customers because otherwise, how do you really have a good idea of who your target audience is? What are customers loving? What are they not loving? Like we wanted to know every single detail, the ins and outs. And I will say now, um, a year and a half into it. So now I have a manager and she's awesome and amazing. And so she is probably more in the day-to-day details than I am, but I am still very, very much a part of the everyday processes. So I still come in. Um, I have one day a week that I'm really kind of helping working the retail floor just because it's fun. Um, but I am in here on an almost daily basis, just kind of getting office work done, helping where needed. Um, but to your point, I mean, even now, we're still at a point, I mean, we have so far to go and grow still where, you know, our website, our website sales are growing. I'm kind of managing the whole website process because it just so happens that I have a background with that. But eventually the goal is, yeah, we would have somebody managing all these different areas. Um, right now, I, I always say you're kind of the, the every, you're everybody when you first open a business. So I would work the retail floor in our first year. Um, I was doing website. I do. I was doing the marketing. And my husband, I always say, you're everything. You're IT, you're maintenance. I mean, when there, when our toilet broke, my husband would come over and fix it, help us fix it. Um, you know, we, for the times that, you know, our alarm would go off at 7.30 p.m., guess what? Like, you're the owner. You're the one having to go over there and meet and make sure everything's okay. And there are so many things, you know, our website, there was one time where our website went down for some reason. Inventory was so messed up. We had a media appearance the next day. I was like, we can't go on a media appearance and like have our website shut down. And so literally I was over here all day long, recounting inventory with everybody, getting our website back up and running. I was like, oh, I didn't know I was going to be an IT person. You know, when I opened my own business, but that's just reality. You're everything to everyone. It doesn't mean that it's not good to delegate. You definitely want to delegate, but the reality is everyone, you know, I think a lot of people think, oh, if I had a dime of every time somebody tell me, oh, that must be nice that you're really only in there a couple of days a week. I'm like, you see me on the floor a couple of days a week, (laughs) but yeah, that's not quite how it is. I mean, there's been many, many late nights. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that I think, you know, people don't realize when you think, oh, but you get to make your own schedule. It's like, right. But at the end of the day, it all falls on your shoulders. So if something goes wrong or something isn't right, or there's something that happens at night when your alarm goes off, whatever it may be, that's falling on your shoulders and you have to make sure it's taken care of. And that may mean staying up until one o'clock in the morning to make sure it's taken care of. I think that so many people, especially especially within retail and especially within small business, people don't realize what goes into building this thing. I mean, you know, your customers walk in and they buy from you and then they go about their day. But if you've never had a, an experience with a small business owner, I don't think you understand how many different hats they wear. And I want to talk, Libby, a little bit about how you have been resourceful in learning new skills and learning what you need to know for the business because obviously like your background is in marketing. So you're, you're skilled in that you're trained in that, but how have you learned like some of the IT stuff and some of the financial aspects of the business and just being a business owner in general, what resources or tools have really helped you be able to grow state of grace? 
Yes. Um, well, I mean, like you said, I have a marketing background. I have a business background and that's great. And it's helped a tremendous amount, but I will say like doing a, being in the retail industry is night and day difference than being in the healthcare industry. So even though my experience helped, I had a lot to learn. I mean, when we opened up the boutique, that was really, I feel like when influencer marketing was sort of taken off. So we had to sort of learn that whole industry. Um, there's been a lot. We, I mean, I guess I could say it's a combination of things. I'm a big reader. I love reading books that, you know, have to do with business and um, especially the financial end of things because I, it helped that I have watched my husband build his business. And um, so I kind of had connections already with account, accountants and those type of things. And just knowing in general sort of what we've always had to do for the last seven years of owning our own business. Um, so that was helpful, but it still doesn't really prepare you. I didn't ever really know the amount of time I'd be spending meeting with accountants, um, talking with payroll, talking with vendors, things that a lot of people don't know that goes on behind the doors. It can end up taking up a lot of your time. Um, and I would say the biggest way that I've learned is a combination of uh, reading of I've been doing a lot of webinars. I attend live seminars or conferences when I can. Networking, really just bouncing ideas. Um, there's a few local business owners here who have been super helpful whenever I've had questions and we sort of bounce things off each other. Our neighbors, we have, I mean, it's like a, a perfect location. We have a wine store right next to us, Tasteful Times. And um, they've just been so helpful in this whole process since we've opened they welcomed us with open arms and they've you know helped to give advice and so there's a lot of things that in hindsight I would tell people when you're getting ready to start your own business really sit down and talk with these people before you open your doors I wish that we had done that and not waited so long um, to really start utilizing other people to learn from whether it's the accountant I mean, our accountant has done, we, we actually switched accounts and our new accountant has been amazing and set us up on this great path um, that really helped me have a better understanding financially of the business. Um, I know so many business owners who say, well, numbers aren't really my thing and finance aren't my thing. I'm like, you have to make it your thing. Even if your accountant is doing the majority of the work for you, it still has to be your thing and you have to understand the numbers. Um, because it doesn't matter what your sales are if you don't really know what your profit is and, or what your profit margin is. And so that's what I would say. Just reach out to people before, you know, reach out to business owners and talk to them before you, you know, open your doors, reach out to accountants and talk to them, reach out to, you know, any type of vendors you think you would use. It's just the more people you can learn from. And there's so many people out there with great knowledge, the better. Yeah, I think that that's um, something that Steph and I always talk about is that you have to continue to like be willing to learn and to grow even after you've started the business, been in it for a few years. There's always things that you're kind of learning and growing from. So I think that's something really important to remember too as you start a business is that you you might think that you've got it figured out, but then things are probably going to change. So you always have to be open to continuing to learn and grow so that way your business can grow as well. Um, Absolutely. So, and even 10 years into it, I'm sure... You know, it doesn't matter how long you've had your, your doors open or how successful your business is. Every industry changes. 
So you're going to have to commit to being a lifelong learner. Oh, yeah, definitely. So Libby, if you could say there was, I don't want to be negative, but if you could say that there was one like warning or one thing that you wish you would have known before you started this business, what would that be, do you think? Oh, um, oh, that's a hard one. Just one thing that I wish I had known before starting a business. Um, well, I kind of knew this, but I also would say probably not to the extent um, and probably, and this would fall under definitely the biggest piece of advice. And it's that when you run, own your own business, it's not just your business. It's a family business. So if you're, if you're single and, and this is what you're considering grace, but if you have a significant other or a husband or wife or kids, they are all, this is all their business too. And it's definitely something that you have to make sure everybody's on the same page because you don't ever want to risk, you know, your, your life, your, your family. I always say family is number one. It doesn't mean that you don't at times have to put the business first because of an emergency or something may be happening, but it is a family business and you have to really respect the fact that this affects everybody in your family. And you have to be willing to communicate and compromise and really talk things through and make sure everybody is on the same page. And when they're not, figure out how to get on the same page. Um, you know, I, I say to everybody, hands down, the hardest time of owning my own business was the first three months in preparing to open. Um, I have no doubt when we open our second location, it will not be that stressful. <laughs> but the first three months of opening this location, I mean, both business-wise, personally, I mean, it took a toll. And I just remember sitting down and crying one day and being like, oh my gosh, like if it's this hard now, well, rest assured, that was the hardest moment I ever had because it never got <laughs> that hard again. But I just remember like crying, thinking if it's this hard now, like what's it going to be like as we get into it? And we just learned, we've learned, my husband and I have learned so much and he, thank goodness, is such a huge supporter. But I have to be honest, if he wasn't 100% on board with this, if he wasn't, you know, the one saying, well, go check it out, go see how much rent, I probably would not have done it. I mean, we, I would have maybe talked to him and, um, you know, I would have waited for sure until he was on board with it because you have got to have the support from your family. That is so critical. I mean, having support from family is crucial. And if you don't have that, especially like your immediate family. Like I'm not talking like aunts, uncles, cousins. I'm talking like right. your kiddos and your husband and you know, your significant other, whatever that might look like for you. If you don't have that support. It is going to be, it is going to be nearly impossible for you to grow because they're, I mean, they're going to be spending their time helping you grow your dream too. I mean, Colin helps me do shoots on the weekends and it's definitely not what he wants to do, but he's doing it because he knows that it helps. And like, he's, he's supportive of that. So that's huge. Um, as we're wrapping that's up, awesome. I, we always ask anybody that comes on the show, what is one dream that you have right now? And one thing that you're doing to achieve that dream? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I don't like. It's like one of those things where I'm like, I don't know if I want to share or not. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I would love. I love writing. I have a blog that I hardly ever update. Like I probably write on it once, maybe twice a month. Um, I would love to write a book one day. Um, writing has always been my passion. Um, 
and yeah, I'd love to write a book and I have just a few ideas on kind of like the direction I would want to go with it. But, um, really the things I'm doing to get there, like I said, I have a blog and years ago I had one, I stopped it and then I just started one back up. So it's like, it will just kind of get me in the writing mood again. Um, and I'm hoping that will help to sort of however, however far away my dream is to write a book. I'm hoping that that will, um, help push me, get me used in the, into that writing mode again. That's so cool. Awesome. I love that dream. Yeah. So, Libby, tell us everybody. The cat's out of the bag now. Now the pressure's on. We're going to be expecting a book from exactly. you. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love that. I think that's great. <laughs> so, Libby, tell everybody where we can find you. So, social media, blog, whatever, whatever you want to throw out there so people can find you. Yeah, so you can find me personally on um, Instagram. That's really the only public profile I have personally, and that's Libby and Indy. Um, and then, which I thought was so funny because I started years ago, and Steph probably will say the same thing. Like, years ago, we could get that type of uh, <laughs> profile handle. Now it's like it would be Libby and Indy, like 3,000 or something like that. <laughs> um, but Libby and Indy on Instagram. And then um, our store is State of Grace underscore Fishers on Instagram. And on Facebook, it's State of Grace Fishers. And so, um, yeah. And then our website is stateofgrace.shop. So definitely check us out. We'd love to, love to hear from everybody. Yeah, you guys have got to check them out. State of Grace has some of my all-time favorite pieces. I mm, So good. Mm-hmm. So much goodness. And with spring and summer on the way, it is time to change up your wardrobe. Yeah with my sweaters yes <laughs> well Libby thank you so much for being on here today we're really excited to share this episode and we'll chat with you guys next week cheers thank you cheers. so much thank you both cheers Thanks so much for tuning in to Indie Wine Chats this week. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love to hear from you. Leaving us a review helps other listeners find us and tune in too. Know someone who should be a guest on the show? Head to Indie Wine Chats to fill out our contact form. And you can also check out today's show notes and resources we want you to have. We'll see you next week, wine chatters. Cheers. Cheers.